hello everyone, and thanks for listening in to this week's episode of X Days, uh, the podcast that shows how life was in, but not limited to, the 1980s. The date of birth of uh, your average generation Xer is anywhere between 1965 and 1980. Not certainly how official that is, but I think it's pretty official. So we have a wide range of options for discussion. Uh, As I mentioned last week, uh, we are going to talk about video games. Uh, Generally, a pretty pretty big part of the average Gen X, I believe, in Canada. And I'll have a guest uh, shortly to talk about his, uh, his experiences. But first... I want to talk about something called the Laser 128. What, you might be asking yourself, is that? Well, the Laser uh, 128 was an Apple II clone, so a desktop computer, uh, released by VTech in 1986. It had very low memory. It used a floppy disk drive. Uh, Yeah, so it was uh, pretty basic. We had a black and white monitor, so no color for us. uh, so we had one of these guys. Also, we had a Gemini, which was an Atari clone. So it seems my father was big on clones, and no, he was not involved in the whole Dolly sheep thing. But he did not like Star Wars Attack of the Clones. But then again, most people did not. That's a discussion for another time. Uh, the game I remember playing the most on the Laser 128 was something called Cross Country Canada. It was this game where you were a truck driver delivering goods all over, well, Canada. From St. John's, Newfoundland to Flin Flon, Manitoba, all the way to the west coast of Victoria, British Columbia. Along the way, you would stop for food, sleep, and you had the option of picking up hitchhikers. Now, you would risk getting robbed when you do it. I'm sure there was something good that came out of it. Maybe they gave you money. I don't remember. Now, it's a DOS game, so you could type in commands but only commands written into the game would work, so you have no idea what I try to do with this hitchhiker. I'm just kidding. I was eight years old at the time. Maybe I tried to kiss them. I'm not sure. Don't remember. Other games like Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, the Summer Olympics, G.I. Joe's were all games in Star Trek, I believe, that I played on this Laser 128 uh, computer. But now I'll share an interview. He's going to share some of his experience. me this week is Philip Nezrala. He is the host of a movie podcast off the shelf with Phil and Dave. Also a fellow Gen Xer born in 79. Is that correct? That is correct. So you're right on the cusp, uh, but you certainly qualify. Holding on strong. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for being uh, with us today. So this week's episode is going to touch on how video games have changed over the years. We were sort of there pretty close i'm 78 so we're there for the i want to say almost the birth the really the birth yeah i uh, mean the atari generation coleco so forth yeah onward, yeah absolutely so tell me philip right off the bat what w- would have been this first say system that you owned probably i know we owned an atari 2600 i don't remember the <laughs> numbers because there's so many of them and yeah. they're all kind of interchangeable but i know for sure we had an atari but I don't really have much memory of playing it necessarily. Kaboom was a was a, was ah, a big one. Yes, that's a good one. But I think my earliest real memories of playing a game with any level of consistency or system anyway would be the ColecoVision. Okay. Um, that one was one that I just I, Arctic Adventure and Cabbage Patch Kids and Popeye and Rocky. Uh, like there was a four or five uh, games that that I have very distinct memories of playing. 
obviously there's a lot of excitement when something new comes out. We're growing up in the 80s. Uh, we're really hitting the peak in some consumerist ways, 100%. perhaps. Absolutely. Uh, the Walkmans, the Discmans, the Ghetto Blasters. Yep. Do you have a memory of a particular game that you really got excited about? Then? 100%. Uh, it Do is, tell. without a doubt, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a Nintendo tough game. game. That was a tough game. It was brutal. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, but I was a huge Turtles fan. I want to say this game probably came out 90, 91, 92, somewhere in that region. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, so I'm 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that region. And I was just a really big fan of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, the Nintendo was in the living room. There was no saves back then. There were not, no passwords. You kind of had to play it one and done. It was it's an true, yeah. it was an event. I don't remember if it was Christmas or my birthday. I'd have to look, but it was an event that was all about the Ninja Turtles. I could not wait to get this game. I got killed so fast, <laughs> so often, but I got into a pretty good groove. And I remember that Nintendo was on for six days uh-huh. because I figured out a way to unplug one of the cords in the back. Okay, that was just the TV cord and not the power cord. Okay. So you could, because there was no way to stop. So if I was on a good groove and I had the the turtles were grooving and I was able to kind of pass some levels. Sure. I had to go to school. I still had life. They wanted to watch television (laughs) in the living room, right? So I just, once I figured out that I could unplug. Yeah. Pause the game. and Basically pause the game, unplug it, and my folks could continue doing their thing. And I'd come home from school and do the same. The very uh, first rest mode. It was pretty close. So <laughs> it was still on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I may not have ever. Big powers going to it. It was. Uh, it was definitely. It was not my favorite game by any stretch of the imagination, but it was absolutely yeah. the one that I can remember most excited about at an early age. Thinking, I cannot wait to play this game, and couldn't stop. Did you beat it? Absolutely not. I did. Scratch that. I did with the help of, of the game, game genie, genie, which I believe was created specifically for that game. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I, uh, because that game was brutal, but I love the game genie. The day I beat the swim mode was like the greatest night, day of my life yeah. as a, a young person <laughs> like that because I died so often. And yeah. finally, I figured out you got to swim past the, the zaps into... De- decommissioning one of these computer terminals whatever then the next and the next it's a bit of a maze by the yeah. time i actually did it it blew my mind hole and i did it without the game genie but i just died later like it just i could yeah. not get then, the game finished but that was a huge accomplishment for a young phil it did take it up a notch the nintendo when it came to how the game worked i remember atari being it just gets faster which just makes it harder playing frostbite you're jumping onto things you got and you're building the igloo and it just gets progressively harder. And that's all Atari was. Yes. Getting harder and harder if it's by speed. That's it, yes. Or adding more... More obstacles. More obstacles. And it was a completely different experience to what we have today. And it, your hand-eye coordination, you get faster. So it's really interesting to what it does or what do you think, think it may have done to our minds for better or for worse. Certainly. Obviously, there's, there's people... Love games a little bit too much. Sure, uh, become some people make big careers out of it. Somehow, hundred percent. Yeah, make, make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you know. So there's definitely still a, a, a place for you those imagine people. people playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Twitch. Yeah, uh, but you can go to YouTube right now and watch a, a playthrough of it. That's true. And I'm yeah. sure people do right because it's like I never beat that when I was a kid. I want to watch someone do it. <laughs> now speaking of games that have obviously changed over times, do you have you ever had this? I, I bring this up because I've had this experience where. What I remember in my mind of a game is not actually 
what it looks like. As an example, uh, uh, World Series Baseball. I picture my mind looking pretty good graf- graf- graphically. That's the right graphically. word. Graphically. Uh, so I, and I th- I, in my mind, it looks like MLB The Show, which I love. I play almost every day. But this was, I believe, Genesis. Okay. I saw it on a, on a YouTube video, and it's pretty pixelated. And I don't know how or why my brain seems to think it looked better than it did. You know, that's interesting. I, I think that anytime you go back, there is a piece of that piece that goes and says... Am I connecting to the thing as it is or as it was or as it feels? Mm-hmm. And I've been pretty fortunate in that the feelings I get when playing a game do come back. It's the same with movies. I can watch a movie when I was 12 years old and I can watch it again at 40 and I feel the same kind of things. Okay. Even if the movie isn't as good. So with games, I think of a game like Pilot Wings, which is a game I loved when I was younger. Super Nintendo? Super Nintendo. Okay. Loved it. Genesis, but you know, uh, couldn't get enough. I played it all the time, finished it, got all the things. Like it was really a a passion for me. I loved that game for whatever reason. And at the time, it feels like it's realistic, and the controls are really tight, and I'm doing all these things, yada yada. And with the rise of emulators, you can play Pilot Wings, sure, on your phone effectively, right? Like (laughs) the power isn't that big, sure, yeah. So as I was as I was getting older, and emulators became a thing, and so forth. I was curious about Pilot Wings as an example, and the controls were a little off as I, you know, th- than I remembered. The graphics weren't nearly as sophisticated as I remember uh-huh. by any stretch. Okay, I'm not but alone the then. The feeling, the feeling, okay. was exactly the same. Okay, so that to me is more important. That's a more, yeah, right. In some level, I would, I would agree with. But that. it was definitely a letdown in terms of I remember the sky being just so whatever, <laughs> and I remember the controls being just so precise and whatever. But by the time I actually played it again many, many, many years later, I was like, mm, the game's okay. It yeah. was my favorite or whatever, but it's it's only okay now. But the feeling I got playing it was okay. was the same. So. Yeah, it's also different playing as an adult versus being a child and playing sure. games. We have to be a little bit more grown up. And like you said, we've, we've played thousands of games now, hundreds and hundreds yeah. more, right? So things are different. Games now are so much more realistic, and that seems to be a goal of every game developer. Let's make this replicate real life. All the sports games has to play like the real sport, has to look like the real sport. More sim than arcade. More Exactly. Yeah. What are your thoughts around realism versus just fun? Like a fun game that doesn't focus on graphics. I'm glad you asked. I am a huge side-scroller fan. That's my bread and butter. And Mm -hmm. I mean, my system of choice Right. We've all or we all I have updated, upgraded with the systems over time. Started the Atari, the Coleco, and you got Nintendo, the latest, I'm Super Nintendo all the way through. I, my brother had a Genesis. So we had it. We were sort of a dual console oh, yeah, house. So blood and, and Mortal Kombat. And, uh, sorry, exactly. Blood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and then we I had a GameCube briefly, and but I pivoted away at PlayStation. Then kind of PlayStation. I just have a PlayStation 5 now. So. On its face, it means I've done the trajectory. But for me, pound for pound, the most fun system I've ever played consistently was the Super Nintendo. Those side-scroller kind of bop-on-the-head kind of games. Super this, super that. Super that. <laughs> super Castlevania Four is one of my all-time favorite games. I think okay. it still holds up. Alien 3 is another movie, another game that I loved as a Always kid. Always have movies on the mind, Phil. Always. <laughs> um, but in terms of the realism, I can't say that it's bad because 
my current if i if you can call it a favorite game i absolutely adore the last of us yes. as an example and that is a game that is i would say not necessarily fun to play but is so realistic and graphically beautiful and story driven, story driven yeah. and so that part of my sensibilities as a film fan and 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 disciple of that means the realism allows it to be cinematic it means it gets to be a story something like god of war is a gorgeous game with a sprawling story but and it's fun to play in the moment Mm -hmm. but i don't put that on every once in a while but something like super mario world Mm -hmm. you can put that on and play for two hours or you can pay for 20 minutes yeah and it's it, it delivers every time for me okay so Mario games, not just Super Mario, um, Mario World, but even for the Switch or anything, you know, iterations. Super Contra, Super yeah, Star Wars, absolutely. So Super Star Wars, the whole yeah. <laughs> so all of those are really amazing. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. So those are more fun to me than real than than the realism part. But I think they both have value, and technology allows us to tell more stories. There is no story to Mario. Right, so it you a princess lose or something. Exactly, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But I watch The Last of Us and I play The Last of Us, and I feel like I'm immersed in something deeper. So yeah. I like both, but I'm never gonna just pop on Last of Us to play for half an hour. It's yeah. like I'm committed. Whereas those side scroller games, it's like just give yeah. me an hour, I'm in and out. I love it. <laughs> nice. Can't get enough. It's wonderful. Well, Phil, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining me uh, and and sharing some stories of a, of our video of your video game history over the years. It's my pleasure. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, and I must say, video games have gone through quite an evolution. Now, we didn't really get a chance to talk about the gaming of today. It has certainly lost some of its innocence. Well, like, you know, many things that have, as we have transitioned from children into our adulthood. A lot of the gaming is online, which we know has the potential to be very toxic. I've been called the N-word many times, and then there have been many people who have been intimate with my mother, apparently. Anyways, it's not all bad, but there are some concerns around the violence, the realism of games, and and the verbal abuse that was really just simply not an issue when you were as young. So, hmm. Well, that's it for this week's episode of X Days. From Captain Spock to Luke Skywalker, join us next week as we venture into the world of science fiction. Good night, everyone.